News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Hour number two. Happy Friday. Pete Callender here. 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. Also, the email is Pete at thepetecallendershow.com. And the last name is Callender with a K. Uh, last hour, we were going over the hurricane uh, information about Hurricane Ian and um, the also the rebuilding or lack of rebuilding effort uh, that this governor, Roy Cooper, or as his friends call him, Ray, uh, has overseen. It's been awful, absolutely awful. Like the state has federal funds sitting there, and and like you would think that the guy who has been hammering away at expansion of Medicaid because of all oh, the federal government is offering this us this money, and Republicans don't want to just take this free money, and it's just free money, it's just out there, and we can get this money, and we can help people. Meanwhile. Meanwhile, when actually in control of three quarters of a billion dollars to help people put roofs over their heads after they lost everything in Hurricanes Matthew and Florence six years ago, his office still hasn't been able to get it done. He's been in charge of the relief effort from the beginning and cannot get it done. There have been people in hotel rooms for years because of this. They got two, only only a third of the money has been spent. It's the thing. You know, I'm not against, well, I am. I, I was going to say, I'm not against government programs, but I, like, I am against government programs. So, all right, I shouldn't say that. But like, here's the thing. Most people, like I'll, I'll exclude myself from this. Most people are okay with government doing things if it can do it competently, right? That's the, usually that's the biggest problem. That's the biggest problem people have with certain government programs and services is that they're seen as wasteful uh, and and uh, ineffective, right? And my view is that's most government programs. And so, therefore, my default position is don't do it, okay? Leave it to the private sector. And you got the guy who oversaw the effort in South Carolina, because they're done. Down in South Carolina, they're, like, done. They have, they've housed everybody that lost what they lost in, uh, uh, from Hurricane Matthew. In 2016, and now they're they're moving on. Yet our state is still so far behind. And that guy came in and testified at a hearing the other day, and he told lawmakers, "You're not going to get your money spent. And when you hit that deadline of 2025, you're not going to get any. The, the money is going to get turned off. It's going to get taken back. And this is the thing about Cooper and his fellow Democrats. It's like you guys, why is it that you keep wanting more and more government programs, and it seems like you don't care that the ones you've got already in place aren't working. Why would you, why do you keep expand? I mean, I know the answer to this, but you know, why do you keep advocating for the expansion of more government when the, the government you've got doesn't even function properly? How about you fix that stuff first, right? How about you? This is my beef with education too. And they want to do all of these types of education initiatives. You know what? I'll tell you what, scrap all of the extras and just focus on the, the, the remedial math and reading. When you can't even get that stuff right, you do not earn the right to start expanding into gender equity issues, okay? You got to focus on the fundamentals. You can't even get that right. 
cities and stuff. You can't even fill potholes. You can't even uh, uh, build sidewalks, right? If you can't keep the lights on, that kind of these fundamental core services, if you can't do that, you don't get to do all of the other stuff. Mission creep. GovCo, it's the natural tendency. Large organizations, too. It's This happens all the time. You you focus on something and you nail it down. You get the process going. You're like, okay, I got this good. And you start looking to do all these other things. And as you start branching out, the core services suffer. Your bread and butter. Stick to your knitting, as my dad would say. Stick to your knitting. Stay in your lane. Core services. Anyway, uh, along these lines, I got an email here from Denny. Pete, thank you so much for the information on today's show about rebuilding post-hurricane. It's great to hear somebody exposing this. Keep up the great content. Thank you, Denny. I appreciate it. Um, Here's some more great content. North Carolina Democrats are pleading for outside groups to funnel more money into the state's hotly contested Senate race. Believing that it may offer the party one of its best shots at flipping a GOP-held seat in November. Max Greenwood at TheHill.com, writing that polling averages in North Carolina show Representative Ted Budd and former state Supreme Court Chief Justice Sherry Beasley deadlocked in the race to succeed retiring Senator Richard Burr. At the same time, Beasley has maintained a yawning cash advantage over Budd. Wait a minute. Beasley's raising more money than Budd? Well, then why are they... Why are people crying poor? Why are, why are these folks going to the, to the hill and saying, please, please, sir, give us more money? Why? What's going on? Strategists and political operatives lament that the race has largely flown under the radar for national Democrats and are warning against squandering an opportunity to pay them money. I'm sorry, uh, to win the state, right. No, I mean, of course, these political operatives and strategists and stuff, they would there's no there's nothing for them to gain here by getting tens of millions of dollars pumped into the state in media buys. Of course not. No, there's when shame on you for even thinking that, Pete. But ultimately, they say this is an opportunity, an opportunity for the in a state that has repeatedly proven to be competitive but ultimately elusive for the Democrats in recent years. This is true. While we have a uh, Democrat governor, Roy Cooper, and uh, Democrat attorney general, Josh Stein, you know, and all of them, you'll note, have to, they've all got to run as sort of moderate Democrats. You ever notice that? They always run as moderate Democrats. Why is that? How come, how come Democrats have to run as moderates, yet Republicans, when they run statewide, they could be right-wingers and win? How, how does that work? What's going on? Maybe there's something there some political reporter might examine. There's a story lead for you, story idea. I want to chase that down on a slow news day, right? Well, why is it that guys like Dan Forrest, Mark Robinson, like conservative Republicans, how come they win these statewide races? How's that that possible? When the Democrats, they got to run as like these moderates. They can't just be like, Proud to fly the progressive freak flag. Like, how come they, you know, they can't do that. They got to, they, they got to come off as this, you know, reasonable, moderate, all shucks, country bumpkin lawyer type, you know. Why is that? Women vote. That's the name of the organization, not a statement of truth. But women vote. The independent expenditure arm of the Democratic fundraising giant, Emily's List. 
They're in North Carolina. Yeah. They spent uh, $2.7 million so far highlighting Sherry Beasley's stance on abortion rights because that's what Emily's list is all about. They're all about the abortions. Lots and lots of abortions. You get an abortion. You get an abortion. It's for everybody. Tuesday, uh, the Senate Majority PAC, that's Chuck Schumer's organization, they announced another $2 million ad campaign in the state. That adds to a previous seven-figure investment uh, in North Carolina as well. All right, so there, so there is money flowing into North Carolina on behalf of Sherry Beasley to help her, right? So what's the problem? Well, the spending from Democrat groups pales in comparison to the money that Republicans are pumping into the race. The Senate Leadership Fund, that's the super PAC aligned with the turtle, Cocaine Mitch, uh, that's already reserved more than $27 million in ads. Ten times the amount that Emily's List has put in. Democrats are already bracing for a fresh wave of Republican spending from MAGA Inc. That's a new super PAC created by allies of Donald Trump that'll back GOP candidates like Bud, who were endorsed by the former president in their primaries. There's a quote here from Doug Hay. He is a Republican strategist and a veteran of several North Carolina political campaigns. I'll tell you what he says about all of this in a minute. News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT. Over at com, Max Greenwood has a piece titled, Are Democrats Squandering Their Chances in North Carolina Senate Race? And... Uh, he talks about the funding that is being poured into the state, mainly benefiting Ted Budd. And uh, there are Democrats in North Carolina that are pleading with the national groups, please fund Sherry Beasley. This is a seat we can win. It's basically tied in the polls. You know, please, please spend more money here. And maybe there is some bit of uh, gun shyness. It doesn't sound right, though. Gun shyness? Uh how about wariness, right? Maybe some Democrats are a tad wary of uh, making a big play in the state. What with, you know, what happened two years ago with the Cal Cunningham, right? And the picture of him standing at the grill proclaiming his love of barbecue, right? I mean, that's what tanked his campaign. Well, I mean, okay, yes, maybe also uh, the Jodyism, right? He's a Jody, right? The, the sleeping with, you know, a, a fellow... Uh, veteran's uh, wife during the campaign. That's the thing that always got me. Like, this was COVID. You're in the basement dialing for dollars for Chuck Schumer, and and, and you decide you're going to, that's when you start your extramarital affair? Is during the pandemic, during the high-profile U.S. Senate race, that's when you start that? Anyway. I still think it was the barbecue picture. But anyway, Doug Hay is a Republican strategist and veteran of several North Carolina political campaigns. He is quoted in the piece saying North Carolina has always been competitive. If you look back at margins over the past races, North Carolina does not have blowouts. Indeed, North Carolina routinely hosts some of the closest statewide races in America. In 2020, Trump carried the state by like one point. Tom Tillis beat Cal Cunningham by almost two points. And that was after the the barbecue picture. 
then, yes, the high-profile sex scandal. Um, that same year, and by the way, uh, I will never, I mean, I wasn't, uh, well, yeah, 2020, I wasn't on the air here. But um, Cal Cunningham's uh, response to that, the way he handled that, awful. Awful. I mean, just a terrible decision on the front end. Just totally self-destructive behavior, right? But more importantly, not more importantly, but as importantly, let me say, uh, was the complete idiocy in how they handled it. And and remember, he was trying to, oh, we're moving on. And I know my opponent wants to focus on this. And like he would never, like he, he would never just own up to it, answer the questions. He was always trying to like uh, turn it into an attack on Tom Tillis when there, Tom Tillis didn't make you stup another woman. Like he didn't do that to you. You did that to you. Democrats also say that Sherry Beasley is a different kind of candidate for the party. Spoiler alert, she's not. She has won statewide elections twice before. Well, I mean, they were judicial races. Come on. That's different, you know? But she has won statewide. And she only lost her uh, 2020 state Supreme Court re-election bid by about 400 votes. On the campaign trail and in a swath of advertising, Beasley has played up her credentials as an independent-minded former judge. Spoiler alert, she will not be independent-minded, right? She will be a vote for Chuck Schumer every time. Every time. This is not difficult to understand, right? When you, like, you dance with the person that brought you. And this is how they cleared the field for Beasley, right? Is They lined up the support at the national level. Schumer's super PAC is putting money into the race. Do you think that doesn't come with strings attached? And I'm not saying this is any different than Ted Budd on the other side, right? They're getting a bunch of money from Mitch McConnell's super PAC. He's he's going to be, like, what was it? Uh, 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 Tim Ryan, right? Uh, where is he, up in Ohio, I want to say? No, that's Fetterman running against Oz. No, that's Pennsylvania. Ohio. Tim Ryan against uh, J.D. Vance, right? Tim Ryan introduces... Chuck Schumer at some event the other day and introduces him as, as my boss. Excuse me? Your boss? He's your boss? Interesting. I thought the people of Ohio were your boss, right? Isn't that the way that's supposed to be? Um, if Beasley wins in November, she would become North Carolina's first black senator. Bud's strategy, however, is clear. Tie Beasley to Biden and hammer her on issues like inflation and crime, the very talking points that lie at the center of the GOP's midterm strategy. Well, yeah, sometimes the right strategy is the is the right thing also. And this is the right thing. Like crime is out of control. Inflation's out of control. The economy is circling the drain. Right. I'm seeing now reports that people at the Fed are are worried that this is going to be like another uh 2008 financial collapse, things are going to get very bad. Unfortunately, like they're not going to have a lot of uh, arrows left in the quiver, right? Quantitative easing has been in place since 2008, so not really sure how you get out of it. The race between Bud and Beasley could also be heading toward more open confrontation soon. The two candidates are set to meet next week for what could be their only debate. Their only debate. By the way, we do have Ted Budd scheduled for an appearance on the show next week. So uh, stay tuned for that. 
So my apologies. I mispronounced Teresa Opeka's name from Carolina Journal. And I knew, I knew whichever way I pronounced it, it would be wrong. And uh, so I apologize. I'm sorry about that. Teresa Opeka, she's at carolinajournal.com in the uh, article on the uh, the hurricane response and our woeful, terrible response and recovery effort here in North Carolina. Um, so uh, thanks for the uh, for the uh, correction. I appreciate that. All right. So uh, back to this NC Senate race, uh, the U.S. Senate race here in North Carolina. There's uh, there are ads running. You heard one here on WBT. I've seen the TV spot for it as well. Uh, they're going after Sherry Beasley and uh, her record on crime because this is, quote, the playbook, right, for Republicans. Focus on the economy and crime. Right. As you should. Again, core issues. This is what people care about. They care about inflation. They care about the fact that everything costs more money, that their dollars don't go as far as they did last year, right? That they did not get pay raises of 11% to offset inflationary pressure. So that means everybody has gotten a pay cut, which means people are cutting back on spending. They're, they're spending uh, on credit card. Credit card debt is going up, right? People are struggling, the poor struggling the most. So uh, you got that side of it, and you also have then the crime aspect. And because she was a judge and because some of these rulings in the past, which we've covered, she has a bit of a problem with some, with some of these cases and some of these defendants. She's got a bit of a problem. People are sensitive to this idea. You got people that are fleeing cities that have just become cesspools, Right. Literally, San Francisco, I am looking in your direction. There's a story at the Free Beacon, the Washington Free Beacon. Um, Tillman and Kevin Golfin. That's their last name is Golfin, like Dolphin, but with a G. Or I guess like golfing, but with a PH. Golfin. Uh, these two terrible people, they're brothers, and they killed two North Carolina police officers during a traffic stop that came after they robbed a loan agency at gunpoint. This was back in 1998. And she was, uh, Sherry Beasley was a defense attorney, one of the key defense attorneys for these two. The brother of one of the slain officers, Al Lowry, says that it is total BS that Beasley is now portraying herself as a friend of law enforcement. Last week, we mentioned that this was part of a, a, a of a intentional an intentional strategy by Democrats to try to blunt the impact of these attacks against them as quote soft on crime, as looking the other way while you know cities burned. Uh, riots and looting and murdering happened all of it. And you got rising homicide rates. You got uh, the end of bail, uh, cash bail systems, right? These quote reforms that are just, you got DAs that are just turning everybody loose. So they're trying to portray themselves while running for office as totally tough on crime. Like we're friends of law enforcement. Sure you are. Right. As if we didn't just see the last two years. Right. As if we all have sort of collective amnesia or we were blind. We weren't paying any attention. And maybe that's the case for enough people. Right. You don't have to convince everybody. You just got to convince enough people to try to blunt some of the attacks. Right. So to 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 stem some of the hemorrhaging of votes. 
And so Beasley did what a lot of other Democratic candidates around America are doing this election cycle is they find a couple of law enforcement officials, usually other Democrats, and they get them up at a press conference and they stand there and they say, look at me, I'm surrounded by people wearing law enforcement uniforms, so therefore I'm a friend of law enforcement. Well, the brother of a slain cop says she is not. Lowry told Carolina Journal, Beasley's ad says law enforcement stands behind her, and I don't believe that for one second. The irony here is that the North Carolina Police Benevolent Association, which had endorsed Beasley like three different times in her elections for judge, they've announced instead they're endorsing Bud. The association cited Beasley's decision to campaign with defund the police activists in June of 2021. Remember that? Beasley authorized a joint fundraising committee with Missouri Democratic Congresswoman Cori Bush. Cori Bush is a self-described Democrat socialist who says, quote, defunding the police has to happen. Ted Budd also picked up the backing of the North Carolina Troopers Association, which also had endorsed Beasley in the past. Beasley's campaign did not return a request for comment, but the Democrats' decision to fundraise with Cori Bush has faced criticism um, along with her public safety record uh, during her judicial career. Uh, Tony has a question here about this. Hello, Tony. Welcome to the program. Yeah, how you doing? Hey, I'm all right. What's up? Yeah, so do you consider all defense attorneys uh, against the police? No. Or just those who... uh, Happened to uh, defend a uh, uh, in court uh, defendant that's uh, against the police or uh, cop killer, right? Cop killers, right? So like that. So, 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 but she's not a cop killer. No, she defended. Right? Yeah, she defended the uh, defense. Yeah, she was the defense attorney on the team. Right. No, I, I was just trying to help out. You were struggling to define who the who the defendants were in the case, so I just threw out the, uh, that as a helpful way to get you past the uh, the, well, well, the description. Well, being helpful, but let me yeah, I'm a giver. You know what can I say? I'm a giver. Yeah, that's that's good. So why is it that those that defend uh, citizens uh, that are up against the government, mm-hmm. uh, why why are they now uh, not uh, cop friendly or? think the cops are good people where's that from well it came from al lowry the guy whose brother was killed by the defendants so he's making that argument that uh she's not a friend of law enforcement he's making the argument you can disagree with that argument but i mean i mean the thing about it is you you seem like you are in agreement uh with this gentleman uh he's uh he got a biased opinion because of course he lost a loved one right uh, uh in that situation, so his his opinion is going to be biased, right? But but the thing about it is, why are you on national air? I'm not on national that, air. Hey, she's, not, she's not a uh, she's not a friend of uh, the uh, the government or the police department because she defended a gentleman that had the right to be defended. Right. So did you hear the other reasons? I'm sorry. Did you hear the other reasons? Your most prominent reason was that's not what I asked uh, you, Tony. Because she defended. Tony. Uh, uh, a gentleman that has the right to be defended. I didn't say she didn't. Did you hear the other reasons? The other reasons that she is uh, not a friend of police? As cited in the article, yeah. And what article was that? The article that I just read, that you just heard, that okay. you called in about. I mean, you know, when I was in college, you couldn't, you couldn't 
say things and not have some, some truth behind the, uh, or, or be able to name what article you was talking about. So. I literally was reading to you from the article. It's from the Washington Free Beacon. I gave all this information already. I said it's from the Washington Free Beacon. They have a quote here, but they also then quote the Carolina Journal article. I was going through all of this, and there was not just this one case, but there were also judicial decisions as a judge that she has made that have raised this question as well. I also talked about the national strategy. That, that, where, oh, no, hang on, Tony, 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 hang on, hang on, Tony. Tony, shut up for a second. Shut up. Because you, no, no, Tony, because you said, Tony, you said that I was, all right, I'm going to put you on hold. You're on hold so you can hear this because you apparently did not hear all of the other things that I said. All of the other things that I said, you seized on one thing. The quote from the Al Lowry guy, because, and you're correct that he is biased because these guys killed his brother, right? They were uh, convicted of killing his brother. So his argument is she's not a friend of law enforcement. That's his argument. Now, you say that I agree with her, uh, with Al Lowry, that I'm agreeing with him. I didn't say I agree with him. I'm giving you his quote. And I'm pointing out that she has these other problems uh, that have been cited in the ads because of her judicial opinions on various matters. I've covered those in previous shows. Right. I'm explaining uh, again. I went through all of this already. You heard what you wanted to hear and you thought you got something. You thought you had me because oh, don't they have a right to defense? Absolutely. They have a right to the defense. This guy, he's biased. Al Lowry, he doesn't agree with the way she's framing herself. And the law enforcement organizations, they have also endorsed Ted Budd now, which is more evidence that she that law enforcement isn't you know her friend or she's not friends with them. So there are a couple different things going on. There are several items, several examples given. Free Beacon, Carolina Journal, the the, the campaign's uh, response, you know, Ted Budd's campaign, the endorsements, the ads. I've given you a lot of pieces of information here. Now, you can think about those things. I'm going to take a break. We come back if you still are on the line. I'll bring you back, and then we can continue. But here's the thing on a conversation is when you make the accusation, when you come at me with something, and then I ask you some questions or I, I offer to explain something, you got to let me talk back to you as well, especially because I can put you on hold. You can't put me on hold. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Uh... Monica says, I'm coming in real good at the jail. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Like, signal strength, you mean? Downtown jail? Uh, I, om- I almost did it, Purple M&M. Oh, the news story, the Purple M&M. And then I forgot. Oh, I'm hanging on to listen to you, and I almost did it right then. Why am I listening to? Oh, that's right. It's Pete. Thank you. I appreciate that, Monica. All right, let's see. Is Tony still there? Are you still there, Tony? Are you, are, are you hanging on? Yeah, I'm still here. All right, good. All right, so your your central question was whether or not simply defending cop killers at trial makes one not a friend of law enforcement, right? It, it was that your essential question. Well, that's what I was saying. That's uh, that was my question to you. Yeah, uh, was was defense attorneys that defended people uh, against the police departments or government agencies. Are they uh, uh, hostile to police? Not necessarily, but they could be, right? I mean, you could have like a so if, like, let's say, let's say I'm how a defense. How, how old are you? How old am I? Yeah, how old are you? Why does that matter? 
Because I, I'm just try, I'm just listening to your, you. You're probably pretty young. You, you well, thank you. Developed yet. Uh, yeah, that's that's probably the case. You sound like you know a lot. I do. Yeah. No, you sound like it totally. Yeah, yeah. And but but the thing about it is, please don't do that because that 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 don't do what about elections to uh, 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 come out with false statements and what was uh, false window in your window like that. That defense attorneys are are, are against the police department. Why? So, so Tony, do you deny that there are certain lawyers that make a living defending cop killers and and people who go up against law enforcement? Do you think that I mean, that do is they have a right to do that? Sure, they do. I'm not saying no, 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 Tony. There's a difference. See, here's the problem, Tony. I'm a limited government kind of guy. I'm a lowercase l libertarian. So my default position is towards freedom. You're I'm not for Tony. See this? See Tony. This is why I tell you to shut up. Because as soon as as soon as you start hearing something, definitely liberal on other things that you want, and you know it, Tony. This is why I told you to shut up earlier. Because why you you, you just so do you're doing it again. Look at you. You're doing it again, Tony. Do you ever why let anybody finish a sentence? Do you, you do, do you let you don't have do, any home training, man. do you let you anybody do you let anybody finish a sentence? Those that have manners. Yeah, Tony, you, you get what you get what you give, man. Because you you are Tony absolutely a brat. Uh, Tony, you get what you give, man. I give you what you are giving me, and you don't like it. You oh, see, see what I mean? He you can't handle it. There's Tony. Big man Tony. By the way, Tony, I'm 48 years old. About to be 49. I know. I've been told I have a baby face. It's true. Um, that's why that's why, I, that's why I grew the facial hair. See, see Tony, here we, he tries to, uh, he tries to uh, inoculate himself from the actual words that I use by making it about something else. This is, instead of saying, I'm surprised he didn't do the racism card, right? But, no, he tried to play the age card, right? Oh, you're just young, you don't know. And then, you know, insult me with the personal insult. Oh, you're a brat or this and that. But, see, Tony, you could hear, Tony can't suffer listening to somebody else's opinion for longer than about a sentence, right? He just, he, he hears the first part, and he has to just, he has to essentially tell me to shut up. That's why I told him to shut up. In the last, because what you're telling me, when you keep interrupting me, you're telling me to shut up. And Tony kept doing it. And so that's why I told him to shut up. And the problem for Tony is that he called my show. See, Tony doesn't have his own show. If I call Tony's show, then I would expect to, for him to be in control of the phone call, right? He can hang up on me. He could put me on hold, but I can't do that to him. But Tony didn't realize that, apparently. That when you call my show, I have control over who gets on the air and whether you stay on the air. So Tony wants to try and trap me with this question of whether or not, you know, all defense attorneys are not friends of the cops because they defend cop killers, right? And of course that's not true. But see, that's the uh, reductio ad absurdum type of argument, right? That's the let's let's take it to the absurd. Reduce it to its absurd, right? Like this is the idea that uh, all defense attorneys. Well, no, that's not true. But there are probably some, right? There are some that make a name for themselves uh, catering to a certain clientele. Haven't you ever seen the documentary Breaking Bad or Better Call Saul? Right? I mean, clearly documented the kind of clients uh, that 
a particular lawyer goes after. Right? There, there are certain lawyers that specialize in certain types of crimes and that sort of thing. And the cops are going to feel one way about that. Relatives of murdered cops are going to feel certain ways about that. And that cop, uh, the, the cop that was killed, his brother, Al Lowry, um, he, he doesn't believe that Sherry Beasley is a friend of law enforcement. He's, he's entitled to that opinion. Sherry Beasley can make the argument that she is by surrounding herself with law enforcement officers at her press conference, just like all these other Democrats did over the last uh, three months or so, as part of a coordinated strategy because the defund the police effort that they have embarked upon for the last two years is kind of backfiring on them, which might also be a reason they're perceived as anti-cop. You know, when you'd say, I'm against the cops, we should defund the cops, no more police, police tend to think that you're not for them. So that's all. You don't have to agree with that, Tony. You don't have to agree with that. And Lord knows, I know there are bad cops out there. But hashtag not all cops. Thank <laughs> you.